0: Welcome to Overthink with Brittany. I am Brittany, your host, and thank you for tuning in for another episode. This week, man, it's been full of trash behavior on the internet, nonetheless. I mean, we have been sipping paints, turning into slurping paints. A new sex tape is leaking every day. We have bowling alley brawls. I mean, y'all are beginning to be exhausting for me. But I'm keeping my hope and faith in you guys. I don't want to neglect my people. And after all, God says the greatest of all is love, right? And I still love y'all. See what I did there? (laughs) But anywho, in keeping with, The theme of February of being love and relationships, today we're going to spend some time talking about love. Now, in the last episode, we did talk about marriage and how sometimes it doesn't always work out and that doesn't always have to be the goal. But this time, let's focus on finding love again after maybe having love previously that turned out poorly. Before we get into that, let's talk about the title because the title is called That Third Love. If you follow numerology at all, you'll know that the number three is a very special number. It typically represents wisdom and balance. Just think about some of the phrases that we've heard over the years. You know, there are three sides to every story. Death comes in threes. We have the Holy Trinity. There's a game called Three Truths and a Lie. So the number three tends to have some power behind it. Well, what if love comes in threes as well, just as death does? Now, if you're a reader and a researcher like me, then you've probably already heard of this concept. But there's an anthropologist named Helen Fisher who came up with the idea that there are three different types of love in our lifetime or three different people that we fall in love with, with each type of love that we're going to go through. Now, obviously, some of you live and love everybody. You probably have more than three in your lifetime. And then there are others that are probably, you know, still on number one. Who knows? But this is what her scientific research has given her. So number one is that first love. It's usually the fairy tale, the puppy love, the butterflies in the stomach, the little hearts and roses floating around your head. It usually leaves just as fast as it comes. It's really simple. There's no real attachment. And for the adults, it's usually sexually based. Like, oh, he is fine. I want to be with him. Or, oh, she looks good. I love her. And we all know how those end, right? Like They're never really ones that last very long. It's a fling, something nice, fun, flirty. But the lesson in that one is typically that not all relationships last forever. You know, obviously, this isn't the movies. Everything isn't going to be glitz and glam. And, you know, we walk away happily ever after, like the cartoons. We all know life doesn't tend to work out that way. Then we have love number two, which is the hard love. This is the love that I believe everybody, at least when you become a certain age, has experienced at least once. Some of you all are probably still stuck in this love, which is hindering you from moving on to the next. But that's another story. This is the one that's deeply passionate. You start off smitten. Smitten. You know, the the whole twin flames thing, which I don't think is a good thing. Maybe we'll talk about that in another episode one day. But you're caught up in the moment. Like, oh my God, I want to be with this person forever. I can't imagine my life without them. It's really intense. It turns your whole world upside down. This is the one that you typically learn the most from. It's that Romeo and Juliet type of love. But what we often forget in that case is that they die in the end. That's not really the happily ever after that you're looking for. This is where all of your insecurities are put on full display. It's like a roller coaster. One day you're up, the next you're down. It's very dramatic. And what happens is we usually end up giving up in this love, and it leaves us hurt. The biggest lesson we tend to learn from this one is what we want and what we don't want. This is the love I believe we end up marrying sometimes, at least in those first marriages, because you're thinking this is what love is, this is what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be this emotional roller coaster of up and downs, back and forth, etc. And you continue to ride the train Until you either die like Romeo and Juliet or eventually you give up because nothing you're doing is seeming to work. And then we have love number three, which has to be hard to explain because everything I've looked at that talks about love number three says something a little bit different. But I guess it makes sense because it's that love that really doesn't make sense to us. It's the love that lasts, the one where a commitment is actually made. That whole love is a verb is something that you do. It's not necessarily something that you feel. This is where you love beyond the flaws, beyond the weaknesses. It's unconditional. And it does typically happen after you've recovered from heartbreak. It usually comes from nowhere Completely unexpected with someone you never thought you would have saw it coming with. Someone who's probably not your typical type. And it usually happens when you're least looking for it. You're not even thinking about it. Your mind is elsewhere. And it kind of sneaks up on you like a thief in the night. The biggest lesson we tend to get from this is it is possible to be safe, to be protected, and to be admired by someone else without them expecting anything in return. It's probably not your usual. And I would would bet money that a lot of people may not have experienced this yet, or you may be experiencing it now and you're just so not used to it, you're so caught off guard by it that you don't know what to do with it. And that happens too. Now, is all of this true about these three different loves? I mean, it's really going to have to be something you decide as an individual. I don't know myself. I do believe she's on to something here. Um, I think we can all attest to love being different depending on who the person is. So maybe she's right. The older I get, I sometimes question what I thought to be love. I question if I've ever really truly been in love before at least previously throughout the relationships I've had in my life. And I'm sure other people can feel me on that. Like you start thinking about all the different toxic things that you may have gone through, all of the bad times, and it may make you pause. Like, I don't think that was love. I'm pretty sure it wasn't supposed to be like that or go like that. So those are some things that I'm sure other people have thought it can't just be me. I also believe, you know, that there are some people who experience all three. And like I mentioned earlier, there are some that are just stuck on one of the other loves and can't move forward, especially that number two love. And I also believe there are some people who experience some of these multiple times. You may be the person who is easily infatuated. So you fall into the puppy love with everyone that you meet. Nothing wrong with that. You're a lover. There are some people who do that. Now, is that going to work for you in the long run? I don't think so. But only you can decide what works for you. And, you know, I I would hope that we're not going through love number two multiple times because that can be drastic. I definitely have been there. I know some of you have been there as well. I've heard your stories. Trust me. We see the Instagram posts all day. We know that you're in love number two, that hard one, and you just cannot find your way out praying for you, sis and bro. But at my core, I do believe once again, that it is possible to experience that love number three. And I know that I've gone through each of these phases at some point before, and I may even be in the vicinity of love number three right now, which we'll talk about. But obviously, the goal of this is to always remember that love is the greatest thing of all. We don't want to give up on it, but we also don't want to have unrealistic expectations from it either. Now, let's talk a little bit about what love is not. And I feel that this is important because I do believe some people struggle with that. Um, Me being one at one point in my life, I believe we've all been there where you're, you're just confused on what it is to you. And keep in mind, it is to you. So you, again, as an individual, have to decide what it is that you want. You have to decide what it is you're willing to deal with. And I always call it pick your poison. Because no one is perfect. You're not perfect. Your partner won't be. There's always going to be something that... Make it on your nerves a little bit about the other person or something you may not 100% agree with or like, but you love them anyway. Only you can decide how deep that's going to go for you. Some people can put up with all different kinds of things. Others are very sensitive in nature and they're, no, I will not deal with this. And you also have to keep in mind that at each stage of love, assuming that we go through these three Your tolerance for things gets a little bit lower each time. So you have to keep that in mind. After that love number two, you're not going to be willing to put up with what you may have dealt with in the past. And that could be to the detriment of the new person. Who knows? But there are a lot of people who are very much, no, I'll leave after that first sign. I'm not dealing with it at all. And that's fair. In love, I believe everyone should be able to get what it is they want. What you sacrifice is what you sacrifice, but what you're getting is obviously greater than what you're losing, hence why you're still there in the first place. Now, there was this show that used to come on the own network called Black Love. It may still come on. I'm not sure. I I stopped watching after a while, and I'll tell you a little bit about why in a moment. When I first saw previews for Black Love, I was so excited There was such beautiful faces on there, and many of them are celebs, people we're familiar with, either from seeing them on TV, maybe even them being influencers, former athletes, all different walks of life. So you had your normal couples, those who have been married 20, 30 plus years, those that were both equally famous, those with one famous partner, the other not, etc., So I was very excited to see it because my initial thought was this is going to show a different side of love, right? Like we're so used to seeing all the negativity on TV, Um, the different reality shows where they give this view of love as if it's supposed to be this ratchet and this dramatic. No, I think not. But... That's what excited me about it. It's like we have all these beautiful black people showcasing how we love each other in such a good way. And they're putting a beautiful spin on the relationships that we can have as black people, which I love. I was excited. So I I watched the first season and I started some of the second season. And honestly, it just started to be repetitive to me. So you would have the couples that, you know, they they started out here. It was kind of like that third love, right? Where you're like, no, I'm not interested in this person. And then they end up falling in love. and getting married. I love those type of stories. And, you know, those who they always knew that they were their partner, you know, just these lovely stories. And then they have the episodes where they go into when love takes a turn or when love gets hard. And some of those were, you know, when they fell on hard times, struggling financially, which I think truly tests love and truly tests a relationship. You want to know if your relationship will last? Run out of money. Let something not get paid. See how that person reacts. That is a true test of how much you truly love someone. But what I could not deal with, guys, was the cheating And maybe that's my sensitivity piece. I think we all have one, but that's just the one thing in which there are many. Don't get me wrong, but that one really gets under my skin. So after I kept seeing continuous stories of how one partner cheated on the other and they forgave each other and they were able to get through it, I kind of stopped watching. Like, And here's my honest thought on that. I know it may be a bit judgmental, but again, each individual is different. You choose what you want to deal with in your relationship. I choose what I'm willing to deal with in mine. But my thought is if we're going to believe that love is truly possible, that it's real, that it can be this beautiful thing that we can commit to this one person for the rest of our lives, then we have to believe that it's possible to see two people in love without them hurting each other traumatically. Now, there are different levels of hurt, yes. And again, that's going to depend on each person. But the hurt that comes with cheating is so traumatic that I can't fathom people showcasing love in a way that, yeah, cheating is a part of a relationship. I just don't believe that. We see the memes all the time that everyone, and not just women, everyone, men too, deserve love without having to suffer first. So why is it that in most of these relationships that we're showcasing on Black Love for the World to See, we have to keep seeing these continuous stories of one partner cheating on each other as if this is normal and something that is to be expected in every relationship. I just couldn't do it, y'all. And so I stopped watching. I didn't give up on love, but I stopped watching because it once again became that fake and phony thing that I talked about in the last episode. Like you're portraying one thing, but you're not telling the truth of the matter. Now, son, work. Some left, some said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not dealing with this, I'm not doing it. Boom, they found themselves back there later. Those are great stories. But cheating, to me, is one I can't get with, and I don't understand why it's so normalized in true love and relationships right now. I am of the belief of if you don't want anyone or you don't want someone anymore, leave. No, it's not that simple but it is at the same time. It's not easy to remove your whole life from someone, but it's easy to not hurt someone drastically. There's also the option to be honest with someone. And maybe I'm reaching here, I don't know, I I don't have the answers, but is it far-fetched to go to your partner and tell them that you saw someone that you found attractive? And that you're having feelings for someone else? Is it far-fetched to be at that level of honesty? And maybe it is. Maybe some people don't know that level of honesty and can't be that honest. A lot of people aren't honest with themselves, so I get that. But I don't believe it's fair to not give your spouse the opportunity. That's the part I believe that really gets me. It's the deceit. It's that you you made a decision because cheating isn't a mistake. Let's get that right right now. It's not a mistake. It's a choice that you make. Albeit it can be in the moment, but it's still a choice that you made. You thought about it and you decided to do it. You decided that, yeah, I'd rather hurt the love of my life than give up on this sex that's being thrown at me every day. That's truly what it is. And if it sounds very frank, blatant, and in your face, that's because it is. So when someone is dramatically and traumatically, whatever harsh words you can think of, by being cheated on, that's because you made a decision to do that to them. Having all the information in front of you, you still made the decision to hurt someone else purposely. And you can't say it wasn't purposely, you knew it would hurt them, which is why you kept it a secret. That's the deceit part. So, no, I think that's one you're going to have to miss me with unless someone can help me understand that a little bit better. I'm going to always feel the way I feel about that. Now, if we're in a polyamorous or, you know, polygamy-type situation, that's different. But, again, remember, everyone knows about each other in that situation. But I commend anyone who can live with their spouse making that decision and deciding that that other piece of meat was more important to them than your feelings. God bless you. It just isn't for me and that's okay. Has it happened to me? Yes. And again, I still hang on to the, I don't see how people are able to get through that. I don't believe in suffering for my love. I also don't believe in proving my love. But again, that's another story if we are to once again believe in the loves that we talked about, it's a commitment. It's something you do. So yeah, you may not be feeling that person every single hour of the day and that's okay. I believe people with children feel the same about their children. I may not be feeling you today right now. Get out of my face right now. But does that mean I love you any less? No. Would I choose to purposely hurt my child? No. And I don't think anybody would. If you are, then maybe you should go sit down with a therapist and get checked. I just don't see that as normal. And that's perfectly fine. But getting back to that love number three, that that one really gets me. y'all. I can go on and on and on about that topic. But back on that love number three, as mentioned, it is typically that love that you find after heartbreak. Once you get through that tough road once you've had time to heal and elevate yourself and love yourself enough to expect the best that you can get from love, that's when it comes. It's unexpected. You may never see it happening for you again, but it comes. Quick little story, um, it actually happened at work, which is interesting. We had a Zoom meeting one day, which I'm sure we all can relate to. That's all we're doing these days are having Zoom meetings. But we were kind of chit-chatting and doing a little small talk before the meeting actually started with the people who were already on the meeting. And it had to be about seven or eight of us that were waiting for other people to join and for the one who was holding the meeting to actually get started with the topic of discussion for that day. Now, let me preface this a bit. Before we got on the Zoom meeting, one of the the head ladies in charge, she and I had been having a conversation before we got on this meeting about marriage and divorce Uh, sidebar. I am divorced. I'm sure you guys, if you listen to the last one, know that already. And again, I am the youngest person on my team. Again, that's another podcast as well. So go back and check me out. So you can get a little bit about my background and background story. So we were talking about that. And she is always asking me, are you dating somebody? Are you talking to anybody? Can I hook you up on a date? She's a white woman, by the way. I, I love her, though. Love her to death. She has her ways, but I do love her to death. So I think it's funny to even imagine what type of man would you try to hook me up with? But that's neither here nor there. But we were having that conversation And she's always pushing, you know, not giving up on love. She's always pushing trying again. She's always pushing, you know, divorce is not the end all be all. So now let's fast forward back to this Zoom meeting. She openly discusses the conversation that we were having. Now, no, it didn't make me uncomfortable. I'm a communicator. I'm a talker in case you haven't learned that about me quite yet. I'm kind of an open book for the most part, depending on what we're talking about. So I wasn't uncomfortable at all with that conversation. So it was it was interesting that it was brought up, but here we are, right? So she brings that up about how she was picking at me about my love life and if I was dating anybody and who's the lucky guy, all this good stuff. And then it kind of dawned on her and it's literally like we're watching her face change and she's like everybody on this call has been divorced. And everybody kind of chuckled, you know, again, I'm kind of looking, I'm new to this, being new to this, meaning I am the youngest. And I guess I would say the most freshly divorced out of the group, because a lot of these people are a lot older than me. But she, she mentions everybody on this call is divorced. So she's like, So me and Brittany were talking about divorce. And if everybody could, please just give a statement to Brittany about how it's possible to marry again. So let me say this to everybody else on the call besides me is on their second marriage now. So honestly, it was refreshing to see how everyone's mood kind of lightened up after that. And we were able to chuckle and have a, a moment of realness and just humanity at that moment and we were all able to connect on this one topic though it being a sad and depressing one but we all could relate and they all were just talking about how beautiful their second marriages were now let me disclaimer it doesn't mean everyone's marriage is going to fail the first time it doesn't mean everybody will be married more than once that's not what I'm saying here just follow me I know I can ramble sometimes but follow me so that's what they're talking about, just how their first marriages ended and how their second marriages began and how beautifully everything had been going at that point. And so they're all encouraging me, and Brittany, it's going to happen again for you. No worries. Oh, we know you. You'll be just fine. And it's honestly refreshing to hear those type of things. Now, did it come in the way that I thought it would come? Absolutely not. But it was so refreshing to, one, hear that I wasn't alone in this. Now, I know we know the divorce rates. I'm obviously and clearly not alone, but divorce can feel very lonely. It can feel very embarrassing. It can feel very shameful. It's like you're you're walking around with the scarlet letter, like a big D is on my head. Like, oh, she's divorced. She's not good at what she does. You know, there are so many negative connotations that come with that. And I would say I walked around carrying this weight feeling that way, even though nobody had ever said that to me. It's just something that I put on myself. But hearing these other people who could relate and had even more horrible stories than I had, it honestly put my mind at ease. It made me feel a little more comfortable and It put me in the thought that it's possible for me to marry again. It's possible for me to love again. It's possible that that's not how my story will end. And that that made me feel at peace and also connected with the others who could relate to me. In hindsight, I wish I could remember when this took place, but I don't. Things tend to happen so fast. Time moves very swiftly, but... It couldn't have been too long ago, maybe a year or two. I'm honestly, I I can't remember. I'm not even going to try. But I dropped this little tidbit of information earlier in the episode, if you caught it, in which I said I may be in the vicinity of that third love right now. And I know you guys are waiting for some juicy details. They won't be that juicy. Trust me, we're not that open quite yet with my information and personal life but it's interesting because I find myself feeling all the things that had been described by our anthropologist with love number three with it being unexpected and honestly with him these days the simplest things make me smile and I'd be lying if I said I hadn't become hardened because I had. I, I had become definitely hardened. Um, again, not saying that it wasn't possible for me, but feeling like, yeah, I'm really good on that. I'll pass. Now, I do recall actually saying that to someone. Uh, I think it was my cousin actually like, yeah, I'll pass. I'm good. In which I truly was. I, I, and I was okay. And I had accepted things. I had been healing myself loving myself this is probably the most in love I've been with myself in a while and I guess when else would be a better time than now for things to start going smoothly in my life when I chose to love me and put me first but I wanted to share this just for those who are are searching for that they're looking for that love they're hopeful for that love they're hoping that it is coming to them and I'm still in that category I mean You know, I'm still young, I'm still growing, so I'm right along there with you. I want to believe it to be true. You know, I want to believe that it can happen and be authentic and genuine without all of the foolishness that may come along with it and could. I, I don't believe it has to be that way. I believe in a true commitment that can be made to another person mutually. But here are a few things that he's taught me that maybe you guys can relate to. But one of the first things he's taught me is that everything doesn't have to be a big deal. Now, when I say that, I I mean, it's as simple as it, it can be. Like everything doesn't have to be a party. You don't have to do this grand gesture For every event that happens in your life. Now I do get that there are some people that are like that. I used to be one actually. Um, Another quick story. Last year. I believe it was last year. We did a storytellers event. And the storytellers event is something that they do in my hometown. Where they have different people who are from the area get on stage, and tell stories surrounded about a topic. And so I told a story involving my family, and one of the things I shared was how my family celebrates everything. Literally everything. Every holiday you can think of, major or not, every birthday, anniversaries, childbirth, literally everything. There was one point in time where Whenever we were running to each other randomly out in the store, it'll somehow become a party. So we'll we'll come up with the well, it's good to see you. You know what? Come over to the house today. Let's put some food on the grill, or let's fry some fish, or something like that. And boom, it's instantly a party. So that's something I was used to. Like we celebrated everything. Now in recent years, things have changed. Um, when we started being a little bit more real. <laughs> things started coming out, you know, people started really sharing how they feel about each other. Now we don't do that so much anymore. Hmm, it's interesting, right? But it's okay to have those intimate moments with your partner where it's just you and your partner. Everything doesn't have to be grand, nor does someone have to prove their love for you by being over the top with every single thing. Another thing he's taught me is that it's okay to accept things from him. And that is something that I really struggle with still. Just accepting help from people in general. It doesn't even really matter who it is. I used to feel like if I did or if I accepted things and I owe somebody for the rest of my life or they would continuously hold it over my head. In which some people have, which is why it made me uncomfortable being okay with it now But he's taught me that it's okay, that he does it out of the kindness of his heart, and again, not for me to owe him something in the future. And one of the biggest things he's probably taught me is probably going to sound so superficial and minuscule to you all, I can see it now before I even say it, but he's also taught me that I like to be touched. (laughs) Now, I can only imagine what you guys are thinking, but here's a little background on that. I am not the most touchy-feely person. I'm not the most affectionate. Now, I'm a hugger, which I've learned to be over the years, but that's about it. So one of his love languages is physical touch. Now, a little bit of a sidebar again. Remember, when it comes to love languages, we have to love people in their language not ours. Okay. But I had to teach myself and be comfortable with this in order to show real effort in this area, because this is something I really struggled with. My mom can even attest to the fact that I've always been that way. Even as a baby, I didn't like to be held. She said she would just put me down and let me be independent, let me go and flow. And that was just kind of how it was. So this, this took some real effort on my part to feel comfortable with that. But I can say his touch makes me feel safe. It makes me feel protected, which is what I shared with you all earlier. It makes me feel beautiful. It makes me feel desired, genuinely. And it's not even on some trying to get my back beat or my cheeks clapped. That's an insider dedicated to him. I'm sure he'll chuckle at that. But it's authentic care and concern for me, and it instantly relaxes me and makes me feel safe to open up to him. So all of these things are new to me. Like that third love will have you doing things you said you'd never do. So that's why I kind of believe what she's saying when she talks about these three loves. It makes me happy to hear stories of real love after loss. It also makes me happy to know that I may be one of those stories one day that others find beautiful just as I did, as others were sharing their stories with me. So real love allows you to be yourself. You don't have to walk around on eggshells. It's an open door for communication with no judgment. And you should be able to talk about any and everything with your partner. And doing nice things for your person is a no-brainer. It's not even something you have to think much about. Does this always end in marriage? You already know what my answer to that is. No, and that's okay. It really is okay. It's the love piece that is everlasting and never fails us, right? If it's meant to be, it'll never fail us. So before I get ready to close, I just don't want you all to give up on it. Don't give up on love. I do believe it's out there. Does it look the way you think it may look? No. No. Is it something that everybody is concerned with? No. You as an individual have to decide what that is and what that looks like for you. And it could be platonic. It could be the love of a child. But it's that, again, that love piece. Don't give up on it. Make sure you focus on loving you, accomplishing your goals, and healing yourself. So when that third love does come, you'll be ready and able to recognize it. And this is me taking my own advice here as well. We're all in this together. So thank you guys again for listening through all of my emails and someone knocking at my door, which I'm sure you guys could hear. But thank you for hanging in there with me. I wish you all the love That you want with the deepest of depths of your heart. I hope you guys find it. Within yourself first. As you wait for that other person to bring that same love. Back to you as well. Enjoy your weekend. Have a good Valentine's Day. If you'll be celebrating. I will talk to you all next week. Bye.